Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and this is the show that I bring you every other week. In addition to the regular Happy Hour that comes out on Wednesdays, this is the Happy Half Hour where I bring a guest back that's already been here that you guys already know and love. And today I'm bringing back Joe Saxton. Hi, Joe. Hi. I'm so happy to be talking with you. You have been a guest that I've heard so many comments about. And so I know that people are going to just eat up getting to listen to you again. So thanks for coming back again twice in one year. I love that. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it too. It's fun. Okay. So you were here episode number 83, uh, which was in April of this past year. And now it's Thanksgiving. Um, And before we jump in, I want to thank our sponsor real quick, which is Mercy Candle Company. Okay. Mm. I love candles. Do you like candles, Joe? Love candles. Uh, I love candles. I love them too. I, my husband's a little concerned about my love for candles. <laughs> I, it's like overboard. I like to start the day and I, I, they're in different rooms and he's like, please make sure that every one of them goes off before you leave, please. That just, is hilarious. Just, oh. Okay, I do love candles too. And so does my husband. So that works out well for us. But I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll be thinking, did we blow those candles out? Because yep. I'm just certain that the house is going to burn down. And there have been more times that I can count that I wake up in the morning and the candle is still burning. And I, I know it's feel awkward. like a bad mom. <laughs> But whatever. Okay, so today Mercy Candle Company is sponsoring this show. Um, And I'm a super big fan of Mercy Candle Company. They were actually just on our gift guide. So if you didn't hear them there. But these candles are not like your normal candles for a couple reasons. Number one, they're all handmade in their studio right here in the USA. Um, They use a custom blend of wax that's made from U.S. grown soybeans. They're free of all the nasty stuff in them. They're clean burning. They don't release toxins, which if you're like Joe and I who have candles burning everywhere, this is a good thing. Yes, it's a useful thing. No toxins in the air. But some of my favorite things about them is that 50 cents from every candle is donated to fight human trafficking through A21 and IJM, two organizations I'm huge fans of. So Mm-mm, Mercy absolutely. Candle Company, check them out. And they have a discount code Happy Hour, which is good to the end of the year for 20% off. Great Christmas gifts, might I add, right there. So there's that. Um, okay, Joe, I'm so glad okay. you're here. Last time you were here, I just want to remind everybody, I loved our show because... My favorite shows that I, and when I interview people, are ones that actually feel like a happy hour to me. Like mm-hmm. it feels like I met a girlfriend for coffee or wine, whatever you yeah. want. And we went deep and then we came up to like shallow stuff and then we went deep. That's my favorite kind of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Mine too. Mine too. It was so much fun. Okay. And we did it. We covered discipleship of our kids. We covered bikinis and our body image. We covered <laughs> podcasting. We covered postpartum depression. I mean, we were all over the board, which is, we my, went there. Which is my favorite. So today is um, the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, this is an interesting question. I didn't even think about this. You were not born here in America. I was not. No. But, and neither was your husband. Nope, we're both Brits. That's exactly right. This just hit me. And this is called lack of preparation before the show because I just realized (laughs) this. So do you guys jump in and celebrate Thanksgiving with all of us? 
We do because we had some um, stateside friends um, when we were living in Sheffield who used to host a Thanksgiving dinner. So um, and actually we got them to they made our rehearsal dinner meal as a Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, um, that's awesome. Uh, we got married. Now, we weren't aware fully of the history and all of that around it or anything until we got here. Uh-huh. Um, but we've never actually met, cooked one. We've managed to kind of stay <laughs> as the, hey, we're tourists. Does anybody want to invite <laughs> And I want to say, Jamie, 12 years and counting, I've still not made one yet. This is the best. It's awesome. It's so good. And I feel like I will do one before my children leave home or maybe two because I feel I've got a hand on some traditions other than (laughs) finding a friend and inviting yourself around. Hey, whenever Americans hear someone with another accent, they're like, hey, they need a place for Thanksgiving. Come be with us. So that's what you're you're just riding that all the way. Also, I think we are the helpful kind of entertainment when there's an awkward person at the table. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. When, there's, when, there is that, when there's that family tension, it's nice to have a guest which will make everybody behave. This is We the are best. that guest. I love it so much, so much. Um, okay, well, Thanksgiving this year is my, par- my husband's cooking and my, my parents will be here and some other friends. Um, and so we're just kind of I, I I really love Thanksgiving a lot. I love the food at Thanksgiving. It's just my yeah. most absolute favorite. Like my husband was like, do we need to make steaks and something? And I was like, oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. When I else mean, can you have turkey unashamed? Yes. And dressing and green bean casserole and all the things. Love it so much. Yeah, so much. OK, let's jump into the happy half hour, which is just where I ask you some more pointed questions and I get to hear what's going on in your world these days. OK, so, Joe, what is something that you've read, watched or heard lately? that you cannot stop recommending to people? Oh, my gosh. I must be one of a gazillion people who tell you that you have to watch This Is Us. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> may I? I was a bit I was a bit jaded at the beginning because I thought, you know, we can't replace parenthood that easily. Right. Brent. You know, we can't we can't have a show that brings that out of us in the same way. Um, but I tentatively went in and then I fell in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. How long did it take you? It took about 35 seconds, I think. <laughs> it take long at all. And I just find it so, I find it so poignant. I love just, I love the writing and, and the, these different generations and these, um, and how they're working out the awkwardness of family. And mm. I do like actually seeing the awkwardness of family because I, I think sometimes we do have the saccharine versions of family and not the seeping, bleeding tensions that are so much the reality for so many of us. So, um, so yeah, that's. I just think it's a wonderful show to watch, and I, I think, think it, I think it's really powerful. I think that's why we all liked Parenthood so much. Yes, because we thought, so. okay, this is a real family dealing with real problems. Yeah, uh, that, that, that we find ourselves in some of the characters. Totally, and and problems that won't wrap themselves up straight away, and quirks in character that just keep on unfolding, and mm. and I I think that's so reflective of of our humanity. I think it's re- I think mm-hmm. it's strangely reassuring. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I think I, I, This Is Us has probably been the, the biggest thing I've got. I've kind of sent links to and asked my friends in England, you're going to be really excited when this one comes over, which doesn't help <laughs> them at all. But, <laughs> but, um, but I tell them about. So yeah, I'm we're watching that as well. And we're a little bit behind. So my husband, and I just a couple of nights ago, were watching the one where they were at the pool. And so that's oh. as far as we are into the um, into the show, because we both love it, but we both want to watch it together. So it's like, you yeah. know, we got to wait for each other. Um, and that oh, do you wait for each other. Cause I, I always vow with my husband that I'm going to wait for him. And then he goes out. <laughs> well, ah! now that you're going to call me out, um, I had already seen that episode, so I had not <laughs> waited for him. 
Um, and when I was ready to go on to the next one, he's and I said, well, I've already seen that one. And so I did watch it again with him. But that's as far as we are for real. So I will wait from now on, although it's really hard to it wait. Is. I found that with the West Wing. I found that with the West Wing, I got, uh, my husband went on a mission trip and he was gone for like two weeks. What was a girl supposed to do? Exactly. But watch every single episode. <laughs> did, now, did you watch that like Netflix it or did you watch that when it was out? I watched it Netflix it. Okay. I, so I only watched it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. which and and which was so bizarre because we watched. I mean, me and my husband we watched two or three episodes a night. It was like watching a movie every oh, night, yeah. every night. And then it got to a point where I'd be like really upset about something, and there was no one you could talk to because everybody had watched it like <laughs> they'd all seen it ten years before, yeah, or something like that. And I, and they're like, that's so two thousand and six joke. Let it go. There I almost go. rather watch shows on Netflix to watch them all at one time instead of the waiting. Yes, I agree. I'm I don't know how of, people did it. I'm I a fan of that. Okay, Joe, busy mom, wife, pastor, doing your thing, teaching, writing. How do you recharge? Oh, well, it often revolves around Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I, I'm an extrovert, but I, I've come to value time on my own and um, space. So normally for me, it's a magazine. Um or a book mm-hmm. or what, more recently it's a book because I feel like I've only just started reading again. Um, and a coffee, um, and just some time there's that, that helps me. The other thing I like to do, I like to work out. So, um, going to the gym helps me recharge, particularly if I'm needing to dump my thoughts somewhere, mm. dump my emotions. Working out is a great way to do that. That's my kind of momentary pause before I say the things I want to say. And normally by the end of the workout, I realize I really should not say that. <laughs> you work it out and then you realize I don't need to talk about this. Yeah, I don't need to talk about that. And I've got no business talking about <laughs> talking about that. So, yeah, I think those. But I find both of those things like getting away and having a coffee. And mm-hmm. I think what I like, I like going for a coffee on my own because there's noise around me, but I'm not engaging with any of it. Oh, that's um, true. And so and then hanging out with people as well. Yeah. Like grabbing a coffee and chatting to a friend. Those things help me recharge as well. For someone who's engaging with a lot of people all the time in jobs like you and I have, sometimes it is nice to just sit and not have to engage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, because it's so stimulating. It's overstimulating. I remember right. one, time, one time at IF this year, IF gathering in Austin, uh-huh. it was, I mean, it was wonderful, but it was just so overwhelming. At one point I hid in the bathroom. <laughs> of course. I just hid, and I locked myself in and said, Lord, I, I can't, I can't talk to anybody else. It's wonderful, <laughs> but it's just too much. And then I opened the door and there were a couple of other women pacing around and we're like, we're all in here for the same reason, aren't we? We just need five minutes. Just <laughs> need a little bit of space. Oh my, I get that so much. <laughs> And so we all just kind of set ourselves in there for five minutes. Then we're like, okay, good to go. Let's get back out there. Exactly. And I think we learned how to do that from parenting small children. Because remember when you would like just go into the closet and like, I just need five minutes. Yes. And they'd be like, where are you? (laughs) We need you. I'm like, no, we don't. We don't need to talk about Barney one more time. I don't like that dinosaur. Mom has left. (laughs) Yes. I can't. For my coping skills, give me 35 seconds. Oh, that's the best. Okay, right now, um, I don't know I don't know this about you, how you are with technology, if you love it or hate it, but do you have something specifically about technology that you're loving and you feel like you can't live without, which we all know is not reality, but we'll just go with it for this question. Um, the, other than my Starbucks app, um, <laughs> which helps me find a Starbucks wherever I am in the country, um, my a Boxer. Boxer oh, is, yes. A lot of people say that these days. I love Voxer. Um, and I think that it's a couple of reasons. One, it helps me get stay connected with um, some of the other speakers and women I meet on the road. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and but you can't, you know, you know, those times when you're texting and it feels like it's an essay and yeah. then your thumbs are about to seize up. And so you can't <laughs> you can't do that the whole time. So Vox is like this great walkie talkie thing where you can just re- say it and then they can get to it whenever they're ready. It, and so I love that. It is the best. I was just in Oregon a couple weeks ago with some sweet girls. I was doing an event up there and they were like, all of your guests talk about Voxer, but we don't get it and we don't know what to do. And I was telling them, I'm like, listen. It is a great way. I have a group with my girlfriends here in town, but I don't get to see them very often because we're all in different stages of life. We've all kind of moved outskirts of Austin, all these kind of things, but we'll just pop in and update everyone on our lives. And it's so fabulous because you can get to it when you need to get to it. And I think that's what I love about it. Totally. I love it as well. And I think it's just another added, for me, it's a value added connection. Do you know, so with me, my, with my best friend in London mm-hmm. and with, and yeah, like with the women, women I know around the place, it's just been a, it's, it's been an add to our lives without the pressure of thinking, Oh, I've got to catch up with that person because we all know the reason why we use Voxer is because we can't have those conversations. Exactly. Right exactly. I use mine too. Sometimes if I just need to unload something, um, mm-hmm. Like how you unload at the gym. I sometimes unload on Voxer to my friend Amanda. And then yeah. I'm like, I don't really need her to say anything back. Yeah. I just need to get it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, And it's yeah. a time where it's not, I don't put her in an awkward situation on the phone. I just, and I'm a verbal processor. So just let me say it and then I'll get off the phone and then I'm done. <laughs> it's so fabulous. Yeah, get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Joe, what's a dream that you had for yourself when you were younger that never came true? Oh, I was thinking about this one. And, um, you know, musical theater, I think. Yeah, when I was younger, I really loved the idea of musical theater. And um, I and it was kind of one of these secretly harbored things that I I love theater. I love music. And that for me was the pinnacle opportunity. And I didn't think about it until I turned 40. And I had a couple of years ago. And I thought that I suddenly felt really sad. And I and I remember thinking I was watching the Tonys or something. And uh-huh. I thought, Lord, I'm never going to be on Broadway. <laughs> it and hit I, you. <laughs> it hit you at 40. It hit me at 40 in a really odd way. And Chris was like, but you, you wanted to be on Broadway? And I said, I did kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who did it? I mean, that is a really like, that would be a great job, right? Sing and dance oh. all day long? Oh, Amazing, amazing, and so it was—it just hit me that the whole theatre side of my life from when I was younger. I did theatre at school, and I loved it. And um, and I and I thought I remember the moment I made the choice not to kind of invest in it any further. And I thought I was perfectly happy with that. But then I, they were, I think I just felt a bit wistful about it. It wasn't a deep mourning, but there was a kind of oh yeah, that will never be. We could have done that something good. That could have that been fun. I'll never know now. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you, Joe, that you're not too old for this. There's probably a community theater right in your neighborhood, and you yeah. could jump in, <laughs> and you could just relive all of these dreams you never really realized were in you. I think I'm scared of doing that for that very reason. <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. Uh, okay, Joe, when you think of some of your like favorite girlfriends, some of your friends that you like, these are your people. What yeah. are some characteristics of them that make them so special to you? What do you, what do you love in a friendship? Um, accepting. Um, I think my closest friends are ones I've known for a long time or known through a very difficult time. Okay. And um, and I think I, when I look at most of like my closest friends in London, um, Yarbs, and my friends from Sheffield, my college days, and, and even here, they're people who are very accepting. So you, we don't have to, we don't have to 
present ourselves. We, this is who we are. Mm. Um, warts and all, ugliness and all. <laughs> this is who we are. This is our journey. This is who we've been. This is who we are now. This is what we're still wrestling with. And I think that acceptance has been a huge thing. Mm. No need for any pretense. Yeah, that's what we want. I mean, we want that yeah. from everybody. And so when we find that, it's like, it almost like something kind of lights up in us and we say this, we need to hold on to this. Totally. It's like breathing out when you finally think you can say these things and no, and they don't raise their eyebrows because mm. they're not horrified at what you said. And they're just like me too. And you're like, oh my gosh, thank God. That's the best. <laughs> that is the best. The best yes. Feeling. Yes. And it's the worst feeling leading up to it because you think yes. this is going to go one of two ways. Yes. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to go amazing. And they're going to say me too. And they're going to love me or they're going to look at me as though I don't even know God and should be condemned to hell forever. <laughs> Totally. This is either the start or the end of a beautiful exactly, friendship. Exactly. Exactly. There's not much in between. There really isn't. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Have you ever had it go the other way? Um, I think so. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we all have, I, right? I I can think of a few instances when I was probably a little blunter than yeah, <laughs> I should have been, and and I think that I I've seen the moment when it's crossed somebody's face where something has just when I said to Anna, I thought, mm, too far. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So, tell me if you feel this, Joe. Sometimes when I'm teaching and well, first of all, when you're looking out at all of the women's faces, yeah. um, for me, I like to look at before I'm done, however long it was, if mm-hmm. it's a comfortable amount of number, I'm going to look at everybody in the eye before I'm done. I don't know why I'm like that, but I'm just yeah. weird. But there are some people who, as they're looking at you, you think they hate me. They <laughs> Like what I just said, they hate. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I look at everybody and then I find the person who looks like they love me. And Mm -hmm. that's who I am going to spend the most time scanning the room looking for. I don't know (laughs) if I need that little self-confidence when I'm up there teaching, but I'm just like, I need to look at the people who look like they uh, understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I've I've learned one of the things I've learned to do now is when before I go someplace, I often ask people, what are your people like? Are they like the lively kind? Are Uh they the ones? who look stone-faced, but they're taking it in. <laughs> because I need to know that beforehand. Because, oh, yes. <laughs> because yes. there are some contexts and some environments where people don't, in, they don't look like they're engaging. Mm-hmm. And they don't look that, you know, they look at you and you're like, am I, am I speaking from, <laughs> am I speaking another language? Did right. I just not know I speak another language? Right. Am I saying really offensive words in this context? <laughs> right. Context? Yep. And, and, and then, it's just the community. Yes. But then I'm usually I'm usually surprised because they come up to me and, and, yes. and they're kind and, and they yeah. were engaging. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah. you know what? Some people just look different when they listen. And that's OK. Totally. And also that they're, they're, we have these snippets of a moment where we can't look one person in the face for 20 minutes. So we don't know what moment you've called exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, Joe, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh, and in any particular context mm-hmm. or oh, whatever, wow. like what sticks with you? Have this person said this to me and um, in the, the couple of things, I think. One, a close friend of mine, she was a mentor and is a friend as well. Um, um, she said, before you go to battle, make sure you restore your soul. Mm. And and I think that's been something that's come around to me again and again. And her context was basically, if you're about to have a challenging conversation or if you know you're, you know, if there are if there are challenges with your kids in that school year or you and your spouse are working through something difficult in marriage or you've got a challenge in your leadership and influence, attend to your soul mm. before you get before you get going or as you get going. Really make the investment to go deep mm. um, 
into the things that bring you life and not just, yes, in your prayer and devotional life, but in your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental health, um, because that journey you're going on will will take everything from you. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking it will, it will deplete, deplete it. it will deplete things from you. So you, if you deplete, if it depletes things and you're already empty, mm-hmm. then that's a bad place to be. So yeah. I think that's just been wisdom that has, has come to me again and again in, a, in different contexts of my life. That's really good. A lot of times when I ask this question, I, I love hearing the advice that people have received. And in my stage of life as parenting an almost teenager, a lot of them I think about like in parenting, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. What Joe just said, I'm going to remember that if I'm going in to have a hard conversation with one of my kids... I need yeah. to make sure that I am not depleted or else it could go south really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I love that. Okay, Joe, you are a successful woman. And what is one thing that you have done or that you do that you think is directly tied to that success? I think um, as a habit and an ongoing practice, I commit to working on the broken pieces of my life. Mm. And I think that has stood me in good stead um, for the past 20 years. And it's looked different in different years. Sometimes it's been counseling. Sometimes it's been extended times of prayer. Sometimes it's been honest conversations with my girlfriends, with my spouse, with my family. But I think that would be the consistent thread of, am I putting the broken pieces of my life back in God's hands? Partly because different things get broken in different stages as well. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. We, life happens to us all. Yeah. And so it's not just what ha- my childhood. And I don't mean it in that respect. I just mean what broke us last year? Mm. Are we in the habit or do we say, oh, well, you know, my past is my past and I haven't got anything else to deal with. Are we uh, that I found that for me, I, I keep on coming back to the fact that our characters are more important than our gifts. Mm. Uh, that uh, and um I don't want to get to opportunities that that my gifts may have got me to that my character will destroy and and um, and and it's not always just the the broken pieces it's often the habits that formed as a result of those broken pieces mm. those are harder to deal with so the eating habits that came out of the loneliness mm. you know what I mean or the drinking habits that came out of the loneliness mm. those are the things over the years I've had to make sure I keep my eye on and keep bringing back to the father and, and, and I, and I regularly do an audit of the, uh, well, I do one through the year, but at the end of a year, so as it, between Thanksgiving and new year, I start to do a reflection on how the year has been, the highs, the lows, the successes, the failures, where did, where did I start out wanting to be? Where am I? Mm. Just to say, you know, were they unrealistic goals? Um, were they healthy goals? Were, is this a reflection of what God's doing on the inside? Am I running from something that God's trying to do, mm. but paying it, no one else is going to sort it out for you. And you That's don't want true. someone else to tell you to fix yourself. Mm, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. You, I hear our kids say, mom, could you deal with your broken heart, please? Because it's <laughs> right. breaking us. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't want our colleagues. We don't want our close. Don't wait for someone else to, to tell you to get yourself healed mm. and to get yourself made whole. I like that so much because I think dealing with our brokenness, like you said something earlier that, that made me stop for a second because you said it's not just dealing with your brokenness of your childhood and moving on, but it's dealing with your brokenness every year. And I think that can be scary for some yeah. people. Um, but when you relate that to your success, it makes perfect sense because you're constantly looking inward. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think otherwise, if we, if we think, right, we've escaped our past or we, or we've escaped our character, our, our weaknesses, Mm. then we won't pay attention to how our current things are temptations to us even. Yeah. And yeah. We just ask them over and pretend they're not there and say, oh, you know, the, and and the truth is because of the cross, the, the um, 
the past is defeated mm-hmm. and behind us. But we do see in the Bible talking about being made changed from glory into glory. Mm. And glory refers to the felt substance of God, the weightiness, the presence of God. There is an event on the cross, but there is the process of being sanctified, of being made whole and healed. And um, I think sometimes out of fear, we say it's all dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> and engage with the being changed from glory to cl- glory, less of us and more of him. Mm-hmm. And that and- happens for a lifetime. That's a lifetime work and mm-hmm. it's and it's a good work. But and and sometimes it's easy to think, oh, well, does that mean I, I didn't deal with stuff before? And it's like, no, sometimes it's just the layers of an onion. Mm. You, how you engage with your body images at 14 is different to 40. Yes. Yes, it it's is. Just feel, like yeah. when we talk bikinis. And yes. This, <laughs> yes. And things like, it's different and it's OK. Yeah. But uh, but I found that to be a, a hugely important thing for me to come back to again and again and again. That's really great. I remember um, one time I was having a conversation with someone and, and it occurred to me that um, a couple, you know, a couple of years ago when I would talk about what God had done for me, I would always talk about what he did 15 years ago. And I remember yeah. thinking, Jamie, if you can't talk about what God did for you this year, this yeah. week, today, then you're missing something. And it's that mm-hmm. whole lifelong sanctification thing. And so that's yep. really, really good, Joe. Thank you for that. Um, okay. And now my favorite question. What's a pet peeve that you have? Oh, gosh. My, I do have a very big pet peeve. Oh, I cannot wait. And I don't know whether it's a big peeve or whether it's a nightmare. <laughs> I think it's that. I, I think, and maybe this is to do with the environments I've come from. Uh-huh. I, I find it hard that we can't agree to disagree cleanly. Oh, pet peeve. Yes. That is my pet peeve. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether social social media has exacerbated that, but I feel like we I think used, that's a yes. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, I, mm-hmm. I can we can we have different views without having to make everything a smackdown? Right. That's what I, <laughs> and we just came off of an election season. Seriously. And um is it possible to and uh, is is it possible to know when to say, you know what, we're not gonna agree on this? So we just need to step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we might need, I might need to see you in a week or two, but let's just do that. Oh, but I, I think what I find is I see it in the, because there are things that, there are hills that we die on and I get that. But now it's like everything's a hill that we die on. Everything. Right, right. <laughs> and so none of it, so it kind of, um, it belittles the significant ones. Mm-hmm. So I can understand people really wrestling with the election. What I can't understand is about a color or a... Mm. Or a shoe type, mm-hmm. or a particular song, or just—it's mm-hmm. <laughs> when it all is at the same volume. Right. Yes. This is why in 2017 I am spending 99% less time on Facebook. It's one yeah. of my goals. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm just done with it. The election was just—it was awful. It was ugly. It was really, really yeah. bad. And I'm wondering. This is airing the day after Thanksgiving. I'm wondering if people driving back to their homes after been spending time with their families. And I wonder if anyone had awkward conversations. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or, or probably more likely people who didn't. Have uh, <laughs> yep. Who didn't. And I, I, but I think I love what you're saying in terms of the Facebook thing. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm on a Facebook break. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I think the implications of the election season have, have had massive ramifications on my children's experiences at school. And yeah. I thought, you know what? I need to attend to them. Yep. They are my primary mm-hmm. thing. Facebook will still be there when I get back. That's okay. It's, yeah. all, it's all cool. But, but I need, again, I need to restore my soul. Mm. I need to recover. And I think what it's taught me is I love social media. I love, love, love it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do best at it when I'm not on it all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that we could all take that um, into remembering that okay joe what is, we're so close to 2017 this is not a question that i normally ask my happy half hour people 
But what does 2017 hold for you? Anything exciting that we can look for? Well, um, I speaking fair bits. Um, mm-hmm. Um, as you know, like you, do podcasts. I'm looking to do lots more interviews with people. In fact, Jamie, I want to interview you on it Ooh, at some point. I would love it. That would be awesome. Um, and I've, my, one of the books I'd written a few years ago is being re-released. So that will come out in 2017 and then another one at the start of 2018. Awesome. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, excited about, I'm excited about getting back on the road and, and connecting with people and seeing people at events. I'm excited about I'm, – I'm, I'll tell you one thing I am – that this whole year has taught me, has taught me a lot about that I'm really pushing into is um, connecting with a lot of women who are who are influential in their spheres of life, community work, whatever, who have been lacking opportunities for mentoring. So I'm going to do some leadership coaching. Mm. That's one thing that I'm that prayerfully and me and my husband have been praying about it for a while now. And I, I feel like I'm like, yeah, it's time. So I'm going to do some leadership coaching next That's year. That's awesome. As well. Well, I love seeing all the things that you have your hand in and that you're doing. And it is always a joy to have you um, stop by the happy hour. I hope you had a fabulous Thanksgiving um, where you were the guest of honor. And that's exciting. Thank you to Mercy Candle Company for sponsoring this podcast right now in my office. I'm burning. This is the candle I'm burning from them. Are you ready? And tell me this does not just scream Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Crisp autumn apples with a hint of maple and bourbon. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. Perfection. It smells amazing. Um, thanks for um, stopping by. Guys, if you did not listen to this Wednesday's happy hour, it was with my friend Ann Voskamp, um, which it was such a wonderful show. Um, loved, it. loved it so much. So if you missed it, go back and listen to it. And as always, if you did not hear the Holiday Gift Guide show, you're going to want to pick up on that because they're amazing gifts, discount codes, and all kinds of fun stuff. So thanks for coming by the happy hour, Joe. Thanks for listening, Thank guys. And I will see you all next week. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.